Guess what, Mama? It's a Lasso Your Life episode day. On these days, my mom helps you to take control of your life instead of your life controlling you. The Lasso Your Life occasional ongoing series is all about dealing with the pesky responsibilities in the mom life that are robbing you from focusing on what really matters, the hearts of your children, and the relationships in your home. In this series, we share some mom hacks to help you rein in those responsibilities, allowing you to put them on autopilot so your focus can be on your family. And it may be that the Lasso Your Life series also equips us kids to take some ownership of responsibilities around the house. It gives us a chance to contribute to the running of the household. It gives us a chance to serve one another. And it also teaches us lots of great character development. So let's get started with some more from the Lasso Your Life series right now. Today's top 10 list is money saving grocery hacks. I know groceries are just rising so much. Gas money to get the groceries is rising so much. Everything is changing financially. And because of that, all moms are taking a closer look at all of our finances to figure out how can we spend more wisely. So let's take a look at my money-saving grocery hacks. Okay, number 10, cut out processed foods. And I don't mean that saves money because we won't be buying it and therefore we won't have to spend it. But here's the thing with processed foods. They don't fulfill our nutritional needs, so they leave us hungry still, and sometimes they actually increase our appetite, making us want to eat more because our body is saying, give me nutrients, give me nutrients. So I found for our family, when I cut out processed foods, it helped us to consume things that were more whole foods, giving us the nutrients that we need. And so we just don't find ourselves wanting snack foods anymore. Like now when I do buy a snack food, it will sit in the snack drawer forever, or it will sit in the freezer forever if it's ice cream, for example. Once our bodies got used to not having that, it actually helped us so much and it helped my grocery bill as well. So your crackers and your candy bars and your ice cream and, you know, all of these processed things that contain things that aren't good for us and things that don't meet our nutritional needs, our kids are still hungry. Now that doesn't mean that I have cut out snacks. We still have snacks. We just have more whole food snacks like cut veggies, having those ready in the fridge, having some celery with almond butter, for example, or some cottage cheese and cucumbers. That would be a good combination. So again, that's feeding our bodies what it needs. So we therefore don't desire the snacks as much. Okay. Number nine, natural cleaners. A lot of times when we hear that, we think more expensive, but Let me tell you some of my favorites. Hydrogen peroxide for cleaning glass, cleaning front of appliances, cleaning your coffee maker, your front door, your mirrors. Hydrogen peroxide is awesome. It's safe for the kids and it is so inexpensive. Here's another cleaner that is helpful but so inexpensive, and that is cleaning vinegar. Now you can use regular vinegar and it will do a pretty good job of cleaning also, but cleaning vinegar is stronger. You have to be a little bit careful with this in that you don't want to ingest cleaning vinegar. It's too strong for consumption. Baking soda. It's a wonderful natural 
cleaner. If you have something stuck on or if you have a stain, if you'll just make a little paste of either water and baking soda or vinegar and baking soda, depending on what you're cleaning, because you don't want to bleach stuff out. I don't mean bleach out because it's not bleach, but, you know, removing the color from something. You have to be careful about that. I can remember this one time we had just poured our front porch, like the cement was brand new. And then my sweet little daughter and neighbor friend decided they would, I think it was them. It might've only been the neighbor kids. I can't remember, but they decided to stomp the mulberries all over the front porch and scrub as I might, I could not get those mulberry stains out of our new cement. So I made a little mixture of baking soda paste and vinegar, and I stuck that on top of all of those little spots. And sure enough, it took them all out. Then another inexpensive natural cleaner that my daughter uses a lot. She has three little kiddos and she likes to go natural on things. And she uses rubbing alcohol in a spray bottle also. This dries really quickly. So while you would never want to ingest it, it can be handy at killing germs. Now I will tell you, this is not a money saving thing, but I love Thieves Cleaner. I keep that in a spray bottle, watered down, and use it sparingly. I usually tell the kids they're not allowed to use the Thieves Cleaner without asking me first because it's just so expensive. But it works so well on real germy things or smelly things. I also look at Ross and Marshalls for natural cleaners, natural hair products, natural deodorant, natural toothpaste, essential oils. Ross and Marshalls carries all of that stuff and that can save me so much money. Now I will say Walmart sells Dr. Teal's deodorant, which is aluminum free. And so it's not the most natural thing ever, but it's pretty natural. So I use that because it is a great price. Toothpaste, I buy that from Boca. I can put a link to that in the show notes and I I would get a little credit from them if you were to buy from them uh, through my link and you would get a credit. Boca toothpaste is not inexpensive to buy, but it lasts so long. One tube lasts me at least a year. And ever since I've been using it, when I go to the dentist, they always ask me, your teeth are really clean like you just got them cleaned you're not using another dentist. (laughs) So literally that's how good the stuff is. And the reason why I started using Boca toothpaste is because I had developed allergic reactions to any other toothpaste I was using. I would break out with blisters in my mouth, even from the natural ones. Let's move on. (laughs) The number eight for saving money on my grocery bill, dry beans, lentils, help to make dishes go a lot further. Lentils are these tiny little beans that don't have a lot of flavor and they cook more quickly than other beans because they're so tiny and they don't have a thick shell. There's actually like green lentils, red lentils. Anyway, I keep a couple of jars handy and that way I can just toss some in, whether I'm making soup or sometimes I've thrown it in spaghetti sauce even. It's going to be something that you have to simmer it long enough for it to really cook or else plan ahead and soak it some and then it would cook faster. But lentils are much faster than other uh, beans. 
Okay. And also dry pinto beans. Pinto beans can make dishes go so much farther. This past week, when all of the kids were home, so that's 15 of us when they're all here, the kids and the grandkids and in-law kids and Rich and I. So I was making a Mexican dish, needed it to go farther. So it was super easy to throw in some pinto beans. Now, what I do is I will cook a big batch of pinto beans and divide them into little Ziplocs and keep them in the freezer so that I can easily throw them into dishes all the time, whether it's taco meat or just lots of things. And so I can freeze cooked lentils or pinto beans or navy beans. They're handy to go with chicken dishes or chickpeas. All of those are very handy to cook large batches, put in Ziplocs, label it with what it is and the date and stick it in the freezer and then throw it in things to help with protein because your beans are good sources of protein and it also provides a good fiber source and it also bulks up your meal for a very big savings over meat. And I'll give another little plug regarding chickpeas. You know, chickpeas is what you make hummus out of, is how you get hummus. And I love to add a little bit of hummus to a lot of dishes. If you have a dish that just the flavor is not quite there, if you'll throw in hummus to it, it will often add just that extra amount of flavor that you need. Now, I have not ever been successful at making my own hummus. So I buy it at Costco, a big organic tub of it for, a, I think that it's like $5.95. It lasts me a good while. It's a great dip alternative for veggies, but I use it in cooking a lot. You could use it on a sandwich as a spread. It's just a very versatile thing that I've found that helps add some protein quickly and simply and tastily. Okay, let's go to number seven. Speaking of soup, since I just told you that you can put some hummus in soup and help it to taste better. Once a week, I did this for a long time when we were when we were needing to save money. And so I need to get back to this. And that is that once a week would be soup night. All week long, as I am, you know, using chopping vegetables, let's say that I have the end of a celery stalk that can't be eaten like that. So I chopped up my celery and I've used it for whatever. And then I take my, my celery stalk end and I throw it in a freezer bag. And so what I do is I keep my veggie scraps in this freezer bag throughout the week. And so that could be like I peel a carrot or I peel a cucumber, just whatever scraps that I have, as long as it's not rotten, then I throw it in that freezer bag. And then once a week, I pour all of that into an Instapot with some garlic and some salt and a whole bunch of water. And I make myself a veggie broth. For cooking my broth, I like to cook it for about an hour in the Instapot on pressure cook. If I was doing the stovetop, I would say two to three hours. And then when finished, be sure to strain out all of those veggie scraps. You don't want those in your broth. And then separately, I have also been collecting little bits of leftovers in the fridge in a container. So let's say we have a meal and we ate almost all the green beans. Well, I'll throw that little bit of green beans in this leftovers bowl container that I'm keeping. Or maybe we ate all of the green beans, but I've got juice left. Well, I'll put 
that in the bowl. Anything that can be added to a soup that would add nutrition and wouldn't taste weird goes into that bowl. And so then at the end of the week, I can combine that veggie broth that I made with this bowl of leftovers that make sense in soup and put in it then, you know, add lots of seasoning or You know, I like to add even a little bit of ground sausage goes a long way in adding a lot of flavor. And then you can also throw rice in there to make it go farther. We'll talk about rice in a minute. Another great thing to add to soups that adds a lot of food value is sweet potato or spinach or colored peppers. All of those add great flavor while also adding lots of nutrients. I learned a little trick from my friend Dina because she's Greek. Uh, she puts lime in most things. So I've started adding just a squeeze of lime to soup and you'll be surprised how, how much it adds. And then I also will throw in like rosemary, a whole twig of rosemary or basil or oregano. And then I just pull those out when I'm done cooking because I don't want that twig in there. But I just keep a little herb garden on my patio. And so it's handy to do that. And wow, when you've got those fresh herbs like that, that aren't costing you any money, they add so much flavor that makes a big deal. I'm in love with these herbs, though I am still learning how to effectively (laughs) grow an herb garden. I'm still learning. Let's move on to number six. Speaking of rice, rice is a great cost saver. We have rice at least a couple of times a week. Three of us are allergic to brown rice. So we do have white rice. Unfortunately, that's less healthy for you, but it's still a great healthy alternative over pasta any day. Rice is not processed like pasta is. You don't want bleached rice. You for sure want to use unbleached rice. Now let's talk about brown rice. I just recently have been learning that that soaking rice is good for you if you will soak it first. And I'm wondering if we soaked brown rice, then could some of our family eat it that is allergic to it now? I think I might give it a try. We'll see. Anyway, we love making chicken curry. That's a favorite to go with rice or stir fry or chicken and rice soup. That is a great dish that I love to make even for company or if I'm taking a meal to somebody, a chicken and rice soup, I will chop up all these yummy veggies and the chicken and add the rice and almond milk, chicken broth, coconut milk, and seasonings like thyme, a little bit of sage, some rosemary, and plenty of Himalayan sea salt. And it is a tasty comfort food dish. Another way that I'll use rice, I'll just, whatever veggies I have handy, I will cook those with some ground meat, whether it's ground turkey or ground beef, and put in some Worcestershire seasoning with that and cook that with some of my herbs and some rice on the stovetop. Real comfort food. Beans and rice. You can take a meat bone and cook it with your beans so that that's some extra added protein from the collagen. I like to put a can of Rotel in beans along with soup bone and cook those beans for a nice long time in the Instapot. 
uh, and then serve that with rice. That is a great money saving meal. And my kids love it. If any of your family members like a little spicy, then have them put Cholula on top of their rice and beans. Oh my goodness. It's so yummy. Or pickled jalapenos on top of your rice and beans. Well, anyway, cumin and garlic are two great things to add to it while it's cooking as well and some onion. Alrighty. So you can make rice Asian or Mexican or Greek or Southern American. Um, you could also make a meatless main dish that is a lot of broccoli cooked in some chicken broth and add in rice and cheddar cheese to that and some onion powder. And that is a really delicious meatless main dish that since it had the chicken broth, especially if you'll do chicken bone broth, then you've got some good nutrients there as well. Okay, number five, how to stretch meat. Well, I personally find that when I choose leaner ground meats, so like, I mean, 90% or 93% lean, I feel like it's a better savings. When I get the lower quality, that's the higher fat percentage, usually I'm throwing away so much that I feel like it didn't save me any money. So I'm big on lean, going lean with that. But here's the real thing I want to talk to you about, about stretching your meat. And that is finely chopping mushrooms, finely chopping zucchini. Those two things don't have a lot of flavor of their own. They take on the flavor of what they're in. And if you chop them really small, they are so not noticeable. Or sometimes with zucchini, I will shred it to have it be really small. And so it just cooks down even more as the liquids are pulled out of it. It gets even smaller. So those are two things that I most of the time am adding to my ground meat. All right, number four, keep a list of the items that are the best price at each store. So for example, I have a Walmart list, a Sprouts list, an Aldi list, a Costco list, and what are the best items to get there at the best prices. And then if it's a store where I can do order pickup, then I will do that instead because I don't go in the store and buy extra things. I'm just getting the items that are the best value at that store. Where do I keep my list? I keep my lists in my kitchen brain book. Do you have a kitchen brain book? I talk about my brain books in an earlier episode, which I'll have to link to, but sometime I'm going to do an episode that is just only about my kitchen brain book of what I keep in there. But that's one thing that I do keep in there is the lists of each store. What should I get while I'm at that store? So that means if I'm going to Brahms, then I'm going to glance first at what are the things that are cheapest at Brahms. And so when I'm at Brahms, I'm probably going to stock up on those items, even if we don't need them right then. And that keeps me from going to the store as much, which saves me money, both in gas money and in time and in not impulse shopping. And it keeps my pantry better stocked when I buy that way. So if I'm needing just one thing at Walmart, I'm still going to look at my list and get what I can off of that. It's cheapest at Walmart list. Now, obviously some things you can't 
buy ahead. Like for example, lettuce is something that you cannot store in the freezer or long term. So obviously is if lettuce is cheapest at sprouts and I'm going to sprouts and I don't need lettuce, then I don't buy lettuce. It just kind of varies. But maybe spinach, maybe spinach is cheapest at sprouts and I'm going to sprouts. I can freeze spinach. There's a few ways, you know, if I'm making a spinach salad, then obviously that I can't freeze. But most recipes that I would use spinach for, I can freeze it. So I am big on going ahead and stocking up while you're there. And we're going to talk more about about that in just a minute. We are still on buying those items when you're going to be at that store. So Aldi and Costco and Sprouts and Walmart are the lists that I keep. Also, I'm really getting into Trader Joe's. They have some items that are cheaper than any place else, but I don't live very close to one. So I have to, you know, be wise about that. For example, at Aldi, I'm going to get their sourdough, their canned goods, their organic dairy items. I do love Brahms, which is a local dairy in the surrounding states around us. And so I am pretty loyal to Brahms with things, but I will also get some dairy So now we're ready for my top three things. And all three of them are related. So the top three things for helping my grocery budget is to not eat out as much. And here are the three things that I do that help with that. So they're my three, two, and one. Number three, keeping some bulk meats made. Now, next week on the podcast, I am going to tell you how I do that. What is my one hour week save your sanity meat prep plan? We're going to go over that next week on the podcast. The second way that I don't go out to eat as much and is also number two on my list of top 10 ways to save on my grocery bill is keeping a stocked cupboard and freezer. And I just mentioned that a bit ago. I have found that keeping a stocked cupboard really does help us eat out less And it also allows me to make better use of when I find a bargain on some like lettuce, for example. If I find a really great buy on lettuce, I probably have all the ingredients at home to make Big Mac salad. I only needed that one item and I can take advantage of that sale because I've got my stocked grocery at home. And I know that it sounds more expensive to have a stocked kitchen, but I really feel like in the long run, I spend less because I go to the store so much less than when it's not stocked. It also gives me some peace of mind for these crazy days where it seems like so many things are out of stock at the stores. Okay, number one way to help me not eat out as much is planning ahead. My lunches, my dinners, how do I plan ahead? And I'll just tell you right now, I I do hate planning ahead with groceries. But here's some things that have helped me. In my kitchen brain book, one thing that I do in there is I will keep, I use sticky notes a lot. And so let's say for this first six weeks of school, this is going to be our daily school lunch plan. And so I will just write on this sticky note, Mondays is this lunch and Tuesdays this and Wednesdays this. And so it's on there. And maybe I keep that on the fridge, 
But then six weeks later, when I'm ready to change that out, well, I take that sticky note and I put it in my kitchen brain book on the page of the lunch plans. And so that's already there for me now. For the rest of forever, I can pull that particular lunch plan back out and have it. So it does save me a lot of time how I keep records of things in my different brain books. How do I plan dinners? Well, I've done a variety of different things based on the stage of life that we're in and the age of my kids and things. You know, we have seven kids. So when they were all in the home, each one of them had a day of the week that was their kitchen day. And I had made these cards with meals on them that we like to have. And they would just pick their card that they were going to use on their day. And that's going to have all the instructions of what to do. Then I can just look at what all the kids picked. And then there's our menu. So that is one way that I have planned ahead. I've also done years ago, like literally 30 years ago, I got this book from Focus on the Family called Once a Month Cooking, and it had menu plans in it. And it also had a bulk buying day and prepping for your once a month cooking day. And then you have the day where you make the once a month meals and you stick them all in the freezer. And that's your really mega ultra (laughs) planned menu time. And I did that for years. And maybe I'll talk more about that sometime on the podcast. Then when they were a little bit older, and I didn't feel it as necessary to do that, because that's a really big job doing that when they were a little bit older and could cook better in the kitchen instead of just heating stuff up, which is with the once a month meals like that, then you're just reheating things up. And so it's so much easier, which is really helpful for kids that are helping in the kitchen. But as they got older and more competent to be able to make more things, then we modified to this other plan, which was my one hour a week, save your sanity meat prep plan. And that is what I will be talking about next week on the podcast coming up. Those are a few different things that I have done for menu making to make it more simple and more implemented and thus less likely to need to go grab something from a restaurant because we didn't have a plan. So I hope that listening to all this was fun for you. I know it was super fun for me to share it with you because I really do love kitchen efficiency. My intentional mom friend, it's an honor to meet with you every week to help equip and encourage you in your worthy journey of being mama to your masterpiece. If this podcast is a blessing to you, won't you please take the time to share it with moms that you know, and then head over to practicallyspeakingmom.com to subscribe to my weekly email containing a blog post and podcast Join me on Instagram at Practically Speaking Mom and in the private Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. See you next week. Mm-hmm.